Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock here on this Wednesday episode. My guest today, Nick Winkler, another winky Wednesday. We're cruising along here in the offseason now and a little bad news recently uh, with some coronavirus stuff, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic not playing nice, some surging numbers in certain places Um Worried about training camp. Worried about training camp that is less than a month away. So we'll get into some of that stuff with Nick Winkler. I have some leftover questions from yesterday's mailbag. Some really good ones that I want to get to. And a couple other conversations I've been having today on Twitter that I want to run by Nick. You can always get involved in those mailbags. Find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Email LockedOn49ers at Gmail. And now let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. All right, Nick, some pressing issues to get into. Uh, I hope you are doing well. We talked about sparkling water last time. Uh, there, mm-hmm. there, was an, there was a conversation about condiments on here. I'm pretty sure you're a big ranch guy. Is that oh, correct? Yeah. Okay. Ranch on pizza, throw it on some fries. Okay. That's about it, though. I don't really like it on salad. Oh, what do you go to for salad? I'm a balsamic guy. Okay, yeah, so I'm balsamic too. Ranch, I'm okay with ranch. I just... I don't go. I think there's an oversaucing epidemic happening around the world where people go to sauce before they taste the actual food. And if, you, if that's like, true, if the pizza needs ranch, I think you're eating the wrong pizza. But I understand because sometimes <laughs> you know that that pepperoni slice with a little dollop of ranch, if it's good Ooh. ranch, you know it, it can be good. It's a good combination. But I, I don't go for the ranch first, right? I'll always be like, okay, oh, okay, yeah, this needs ranch because. <laughs> 99% of the time it does because I love ranch. <laughs> because you love ranch. Um, see, I'm, I'm anti-ketchup. It's basically uh-huh. red sugar to me. It's like uh-huh. it's unnecessary. It, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with tomatoes, even though that's what it's billed as. Um, not a mayo guy at all. I mean, those things are edible. Wow. And I'll have what them in like? certain cases. Mustard. Mustard all day, every day. Mustard is the goat condiment. I would, mm-hmm. uh, I would put mustard on just about anything and i think it'll be pretty good and it's a low calorie naturally it's so much flavor i mean i love mustard man yeah it's it's my go-to i think that's the last on my list like i'd probably have ketchup number one i mean salsa is technically considered a condiment so that would be number one there's a whole other you know you could get into barbecue sauces you could get into hot sauces it's a different conversation which maybe Mm -hmm. we should find out where your number one hot sauce is i don't want to take this conversation too far but i think hot sauce it's Cholula. Okay, see, we, we disagree here because I want hot sauce, not vinegar. You know, like oh, as yeah, the like as the base. Taste. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't really do... I mean, Cholula is okay in a pinch, yeah. uh, but mm-hmm. Tapatio. I'm a Tapatio guy. Uh, oh, Tapatio is my number one. I love the, the spice of Tapatio. Yeah. That is my... Like, I'll put that on mac and cheese just because it, it just enhances the oh, okay. flavor. just gives it some heat. But, yeah, no, I've actually got five different hot sauces in my fridge, and it just depends on what I'm eating. You know, like, yeah. Valentina's got a great place, too. You know, put that on eggs. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm muted. I could unmute myself. I think that would be smart. <laughs> I think just dreaming about hot sauces with the mute button on. Um, Do I you don't... like that nonsense that's the Dijon? Dijon mustard? Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh. Love it. Oh, that ruins. Like, if I can taste that on a sandwich, it's, the sandwich is ruined. Oh, really? No. See, I, I yeah. kind of replace things like mayonnaise with Dijon mustard. So when okay. I make a sandwich, I'll take yellow mustard on one side of the bread. On the other side of the bread, I go Dijon mustard. So I got double mustard, basically. <laughs> I go light mayonnaise. I'm not a big, like, if I can taste the mayonnaise, too, I think I did it wrong. You know, I, I condiments to me, other than ranch, are more there to enhance the flavor of the food. With ranch, I, I especially Michael's Pizza Ranch in Stockton, shout out, um, I'll, I'll just drink that stuff. I mean, 
Hot Who's sauce. When it comes to hot sauce, I got to get this out there. So hot sauce, Tabasco, not a fan. Again, I don't like the vinegar first hot sauces, and but it's Bloody Mary. It's like it just it's the right flavor for Bloody Mary. So yeah. Tabasco, Bloody Marys only for me. If we're talking about ramen, Ooh. then sriracha sauce sriracha. Is, is number yep. one. But pretty mm-hmm. much everything else, Tapatio is my go-to. Okay. All right. Valentina, I don't know if you've ever tried that. They've got an extra spicy. That's really good, especially on like some chorizo. Is that the one with the green lid? No, no, no. It's just a, you'll see it in the store next time you look for it. It's, it's got a, an orange lid and the, the extra spicy one's got like a blackish lid and it's got a picture of, I'm looking at it right now. Um, I'm not sure. Guadalajara, I think. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure where that is. Uh, it, it's uh, definitely a state in Mexico or one of the oh, uh, Valentina. Okay. provinces. No, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I, I've definitely had that one before. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. I really, especially on eggs, like I said. I think we could do a full 30 minutes just on hot yeah, sauce. Yeah, we should, we should stop before we go too far. Yeah. I just, uh, we, we probably we, lost a few too many people. I just wanted to make sure that we had those, those first takes out there because they're important takes. <laughs> it leads into this other question that we had. This is from Trevor. He says he needs a ruling. Is it too bougie? To have a game day brunch for those 10 a.m. starts, Mimosa, Bloody oh. Mary, and football. And I'm thinking, if you're already having that much going on by 10 a.m., like for me, it's enough just to get from get bed up. to couch for a 10 a.m. Right. football game. Like that's morning. I'm not even worried about brunch happenings. But if someone was to put together a brunch, I would definitely get involved. And I don't think it's too bougie at all. I mean, Bloody Mary is not a fancy drink. Mimosa maybe starts to get there, but it depends on who you're with. You want to make everybody happy for this right. football game. Mimosa is only two ingredients. It's not like it takes that much effort, and you get some food involved in football. I'm on board, man. For me, I, I just got this one stance on brunch, and that it, it, there's always room for brunch. Like I don't <laughs> care what day of the week it is, I don't or what time it is. is. Yeah, it could be eight o'clock at night, and you want to yeah. be brunch. I'm into it. Breakfast like, for I'm dinner is for underrated. Breakfast and lunch together, yes, please. Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm a breakfast all day guy for sure. Yep, yep, same. Because if I skip a meal, it's usually breakfast. So I don't want to miss the breakfast food. So I'll just eat the breakfast later. There you go. Hash browns, man. Bacon, sausage. Yes. Yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Get some hollandaise sauce going. And I'll have a Bloody Mary any time of day if I'm making it. Never order it at the bar, though. If it's no. Because Bloody Mary's, a good Bloody Mary is, there's a lot going into it. So you don't want to be ordering this at a bar at night when they put all the Bloody Mary stuff away. That'll just piss off your bartender. So, you know, if you you want one. probably pre-made, too. Yeah, or you'll just get a bad pre-made one. Yeah. Or no, if they have good pre-made. Some places have some pretty good pre-made ones, but uh, those usually go away because they get hit hard. I'm at a bar. I'm ordering a bourbon, a whiskey, or a beer. That's it. Let's get to some football. Nick wants to know, one year, contracts the same. Who would you rather have, Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo? I assume for that one year, he means 2020. Yeah, I mean, that's come on. That's, that's an easy question. I mean, we love Jimmy Garoppolo, but come on. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers here. He's one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in our time. And you, know, you got to take Aaron Rodgers. And I no disrespect to Jimmy G. I like him as our quarterback, but come on. Yeah. That's easy. It depends what year. For uh, one this year. This year, I would take it this year. Yeah, this year, I would take Aaron Rodgers yeah. still at some point in the very near future. I think it might flip to Jimmy G. Just sure. because he's a lot younger than Rodgers, but that's about it. I hope so. Yeah. I really hope that's right. correct. I hope that in two years, we're saying like, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers over the hill, Jimmy G, you know, top five quarterback in the NFL. And Rodgers is not playing his prime football right now. And Jimmy Garoppolo is getting better, and hopefully that continues, and those trends continue, and he and Jimmy G passes him up, and it might be this year. I mean, that's the direction yeah. they're going, so it could be. So, I'm not going to say you're insane if you take Jimmy G, but I mean Aaron Rodgers. For every year that they've been alive on this earth, it's been Aaron Rodgers so far. <laughs> right, exactly right. 
This one from Samson. This one's philosophical. Why do certain beat writers, podcasters for the 49ers tend to focus on the negative when we turned one of the worst teams in the NFL into a Super Bowl contender within three years' time? Clicks. There's, uh, there's multiple you. levels of this. First of all, yeah. beat writers aren't fans. They're reporters, yeah. right? So right. you're looking at it from a different angle, and you want everything rosy if you're a fan and, and you're rooting for this team. A, beat, a really good journalist isn't rooting for the team. They're reporting on what they right. see, and every move isn't perfect. Great teams do bad things all the time. The Seahawks can't draft to save their lives. It doesn't mean they're going to be bad this year, but you, you have to call it as you see it if you're reporter if you're a podcaster if you feel like you have a little bit of journalistic integrity which i like to and i, and I want to call them as i see them here so sometimes i don't agree with every move they make that doesn't mean it's a bad team it doesn't mean they're doing not doing well compared to the competition but sometimes they make moves and it's like yeah you know what i, I think they screwed this one up and they should have done this other thing maybe or uh, they could improve here you know no team is perfect so uh, i think some teams and some fans out there need to learn the league better too when it comes, I'm not saying this is Samson. I'm not saying this is every fan, but you know, you'll, you'll run into those fans where like they literally think the 53 best players in the NFL are just on the 49ers roster. Right. Then 54 begins with a, some player somewhere else, Patrick Mahomes or whatever. You know, so th- there's <laughs> there's definitely some folks um, that maybe don't know the league well enough to know how easily you can fall off the top of that perch too. Yeah, I mean, you, there's two people out there mainly. You know, there's the people that write and speak with their heart, and then there's those that write and speak with their brain. And, and, you know, there's, there, there's uh, you know, I, I fall into the heart one mainly. And that's, that's you know, I'm a diehard 49er fan. But at the same time, you know, I can I can step back and say, like, okay, you know, that's a better team. That's a better player. that's a That was a bad move. When we started doing this, Brian, it was right at the tail end of the Kaepernick stuff. And it went into Blaine Gabbard. And then it went into the Tom Sula era. And, like, you know, we had a lot of bad things to say about this football team. And so for us now, you know, to be talking about this team that just got, you know, went 13-3 and three and went to the Super Bowl, like, yeah, there's going to be those people out there that tune in. They're like, wow, these guys are a bunch of homers. And it's like, well, this is a good football team. It is easy to talk about them. But at the same time, like, especially you, man, you you call out the, the bad stuff that you see, the draft picks and the, you know, with your shadow 49ers. And, you know, it, it's been really hard the last couple of years watching Jamal Adams skyrocket and then Solomon Thomas, you know, not live up to that that number two pick. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing <laughs> how many fights I'll get into on Twitter. And it's like, look, right. I mean, just look at the history, right? That's right. Yeah, this is not a perfect franchise. This yeah. is not a perfect regime that we're going through here. Not not in the slightest. Yeah, never is. So, uh, yeah, you you got to call them as you see them. Uh, that's the only way it would feel right for me to do. And, yes, there are some people out there that are that are trying sure. to get clicks and they're trying to throw their hot takes out there. And that's that's one way to get an audience for sure. And some people really like that. But that's, that's definitely not my thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. All right, I, I got a really good one here about COVID-19 potential problems the 49ers could run into. And it's one that, you know, you consider, but I didn't really think about it much until today. And I think it's something we got to get into next. One reason to repair or maintain your car is it saves money. Do you even know what kind of motor oil is in your car? Honestly, I had to look it up because I wanted to order some things from rockauto.com. I needed some jumper cables, like standard things. I thought I had jumper cables. I didn't. I needed some oil for my car. I didn't even know what kind of oil was in my newest car. You can save yourself a lot of money by doing things yourself. Rockauto.com can help. And then spend that extra money on some more important things in your life. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even twice as much for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Just go to rockauto.com. A family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years 
Whether it's for your classic or a daily driver, they have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all parts for your car you will ever need. Go to rockauto.com right now, right in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know we sent you rockauto.com. This from Keegan on Twitter. He says, everyone is concerned about a star player having a positive test during the season and losing them for two weeks, but what if a coach like Shanny tests positive and we lose the head coach and play caller for two weeks? Seems like a much more impactful loss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is, like you said, that's something we hadn't really talked about too much. But, you know, when it comes to someone like that, I feel like you maybe have a few more areas that or a little more room that you can work with. You know, you could get him upstairs in, in a booth by himself, especially if there's no fans in the stadiums, you know, you get him a, a, a box right on the 50 yard line and you get him connected to his boy, his guys down on the field, you know, with, with a headset. Like, I feel like that's a lot more manageable than a player. And that's assuming that there's no symptoms, you know, because there's the other thing that they could get sick, actually really sick. And it'd be a lot longer right, right. than two weeks potentially for a player to get sick. And, I, and not even for Shanahan. One of the things I considered was how, there's a lot of, you know, the players are young and relatively healthy, and Shanahan's one of the younger coaches. There's older coaches that aren't in the greatest shape, might be a little bit more at risk. Do they even want to be around the team at all right. this season? So some of those things have to be considered. But I don't know what the protocols are going to be for the NFL. I don't think that someone who tested positive for coronavirus will be allowed to be even in the stadium in their own box, quarantined, or, you know, even if there's no fans. I don't think the protocols this year will allow for somebody if they have COVID-19 to be around facilities period, whether it's practice facilities or in stadiums. So I don't think Shanahan would be able to in this scenario, be in a box to call the game. I could be wrong. I don't know what the exact protocols are going to be, but that's possibility. So So that happens Saturday night. Who's, who's calling the game Sunday. Right. Yeah. You test positive on, on Saturday and you just had your, and so I think they have to, they have to do a lot of stuff. And what if this happens in practice too? So let's see if this happens in training camp and, you miss one of your big coaches. So they're going to have to have some live video feeds set up so the coach can watch mm-hmm. practice and then, you know, have a conference with the coaches after practice and, and implement what he wants to do the next day to break down what happened that day in practice. Uh, I mean, they film practices anyway, so they'll be able to go through that stuff, but they might want to have a live feed so he can watch so they can really go, go do it right after, you know, um, and same with the game. So he will have to, and look, the 49ers have some good coaches. So Mike McDaniel, Mike LaFleur, one of the mics, mm-hmm. running game coordinator, passing game coordinator. Sure. I think the uh, the play calling would probably have to fall to them and then, you know, consult with Shanahan who's watching the game on TV like everybody else at halftime. And maybe it'll be a cool angle for Shanahan to see something. And it would be fun to see somebody else call games for if it was only for two weeks, you know, and not this prolonged thing. And, and, and we're talking about a situation where Shanahan doesn't have symptoms and isn't actually sick because that's the other thing with all of this. And that's why you would keep someone out of the press box and out of facilities and quarantine them because you don't want it to get passed along to where someone could get sick and and potentially die from COVID-19. So there is a lot of questions when it comes to this kind of stuff. And, and my favorite answer to this would be that Shanahan's at home and they develop a system that's like Madden play calling on a tablet. So he's got the whole playbook digitized and he's pressing buttons and the coach on the field could have a tablet rather than a play card or, you know, maybe the two, uh, run game, pass game coordinators are sort of working together, calling plays. One of them has a tablet. He's got the Shanahan information. The other one's got the headset on. And he's got the card, and they're calling plays and all working together. I mean, it, it could be very interesting. And and I think the teams that deal with that stuff the best, well, first of all, the teams that don't get sick will will, will play the best. But the teams that deal with uh, adversity when it does happen, um, and 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 really play 
a new style of game, if it comes to that, will be the best off, I think. And so they've got a plan for every possibility, and that's one of them. So I'm interested to know what the 49ers are preparing for in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you, you've got to have that set up. You know, you got to have that in place for everybody. Everybody's got to have, okay, if this person goes down, who's next up? It's like chain of command kind of thing. You got to have two, three, four guys they set up because what if you're having a meeting and, you know, all of a sudden your tight end group just got knocked out? You know, it's like, oh, man, what are we supposed to do now? And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, having Shannon at home. What if he's, what if it's like a truck situation? You know how, like, the Monday Night Football crew will have a truck outside, you know? <laughs> And like a sky cam and like he's he's got VR, he's like hooked in. That, that would be pretty awesome. Oh dude, that is amazing. Yeah, like um yeah, the quarantine truck and he's just yeah. kind of hanging out and cruising and he's right, right. there. Yeah, they've got one for both sides. Like if the other team needs one too, it's like, there you go, you guys are set up, you know, we've got sky cams, everybody can get into the same feed. Yeah, everybody you can get can the direct feed so he's not on delay. So he and can he can talk call. right into the quarterback's thing, yeah. And yeah, the game's on delay at home when you're watching TV too. So right. there's a timing issue. I don't think you would even be able to call plays from home unless it was like, it would have to be instantaneous. You might miss most of the play clock in that regard. So yeah, you'd have to have a live feed of the game. I mean, I just think if something like that, that happens, someone else is calling plays and that's it. Yeah, They'll be involved with probably- game planning, but it's going to be up to somebody else to actually call those plays on the field. Yeah. Like you said, game plan will, will come in from Kyle, but you know, that changes based on what's happening you know i'm sure he'd have some input from home like you said calling in you know yeah. sure he's got a direct line <laughs> to whoever's calling plays but you're down three yeah, touchdowns that, that halftime call from shanahan will be fun <laughs> yeah they've got him set up in a zoom meeting talking to the team at halftime love it i mean hopefully that never happens obviously like, why'd you put cj bethard in what's going on yeah <laughs> he slipped me a little cash oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's that's fun um do you have any idea who Dr. Disrespect is? Uh, no, I heard the name. Did he get kicked off of something recently? Is that what happened? Okay, so Big Dave on Twitter says, why was Dr. Disrespect banned? And I thought it was something I did at first, and I was like, I don't remember banning anybody from the <laughs> podcast or blocking anybody. So I clicked on this Dr. Disrespect, and Dr. Disrespect apparently is the most ruthless competitor in video game history, has 1.6 million followers on Twitter. So Dr. Disrespect, if you're listening... You haven't been banned from this podcast. I just want you to know that. Right. No, I, I, yeah, I read something about it. Like got booted from Twitch or something. I think that's what it was. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Was it just from Twitter? I have no idea. I, I still yeah. don't know the story behind this. Like how he was so disrespectful. I mean, that's, it's in his name. Well, know? he's so ruthless him. that they had to just ban him because he was disrespectfully, ruthlessly just killing people <laughs> with video games on Twitch. I mean, you got to put a stop right. to that at some point. You do. You do. Poor kids out there trying to learn how to play video games. You got this guy coming in disrespecting them. Like that's not okay. I mean, Doctor Disrespects should go play baseball. This is like a Jordan in nineteen in the nineteen nineties thing, right? Where He's do like, you get a doctorate in disrespect? Like where, <laughs> where where do you get that? That's true, man. Yeah, yeah. I want to sign up. I play video games. I don't disrespect enough. I help I, guys up. It's it's dumb. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it, I'm on I the mean, wrong side of it. That's tough, man. Just to get into school for that. I mean, I got my associates <laughs> in disrespect, and I couldn't go any further. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I know. You get into the, the master's program first, you know, and then into the dog. Like, that's that's tricky, man. He's got he's to work hard. More mailbag coming up. Nick Winkler, Brian Peacock, Winky Wednesday on Locked On 49ers. Here's a question, Nick. This one hits home for you and I, who are both dads. This from our friend Use Goat, who frequently tweets into the show. He says, at BD Peacock, at Bay Area Wink, 
Do the young children of NFL players think their dads are really strong like average kids or the opposite if they're like uh, their dad's a DB and have uncles that are linemen? Yeah, they're like, Dad, why aren't you big like Uncle Tom? Like, what's going on? <laughs> You're not strong, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. I, I have to imagine that, yeah, young children of NFL players probably think their dad is Superman. I mean, he's on TV, big and right. strong, works out all the time, does something physical for, you know, for... And, and is well-known. People know who he is. I mean, that's got to be yeah. weird for a kid growing up. Yeah, like you go to the store and like, why is that stranger talking to you, Dad? Why why are they <laughs> bowing to you? Like, what's going on? Why did you sign that thing for him? And then the opposite, when they, they become a teenager and they're like, Dad, I know you're like one of the most famous people on the planet, multimillionaire, but you're a huge right. dork. Screw you. I'm not you're listening to you. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's just it. All kids, I'm sure, when they're little, think their dad is the strongest man right. in the world because they pick him up and throw him around and stuff like this. And yeah, I'm sure there's that time where they're like, "Oh wow, no, that's a strong man." <laughs> Sorry, dad. It's like, yeah, my dad can beat up your dad, and like, oh well, yeah, well, who's your dad? And it's like this guy. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Never dad, mind. Yeah, 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 yeah never mind. Your dad can definitely beat up my dad. Your dad's <laughs> your dad's 285 pounds. Let's go to Tom. With the cap number looming as the biggest question facing most teams, especially talent-rich rosters like our 49ers, who do you see as the likely casualties? Lots of unrestricted free agent DBs, as well as weapons like Juice and Kittle. I was hoping for years of sustained success, and now I'm nervous. Tom is nervous, Nick. Are you nervous? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm nervous. You know, it's just that's how the NFL works. You know, it's built to try and get parity into the league, you know, and it's, it, we've gotten spoiled as sports fans, as football fans, seeing what new England has done, how they just continually pump out, uh, you know, amazing teams year after year. That's, that's not how it's supposed to work. You know, it's not, <laughs> that that's not how the NFL wants it. And so, you know, obviously I want the 49ers to stay together, but it, it's all about bringing in new people. And, you know, you didn't like to see Buckner go, but you know, then they brought in Kinlaw at, at a, a fraction of the cost. And yeah, he's probably not the same player as Buckner, but he could be. You know, so just it's one of those things where, yeah, there's going to be some casualties. Some of your favorite players are going to going to be gone and it's going to suck. And, and you know, but you got to just welcome in the new guys. And it's the, the whole next man up philosophy. Right. Yeah. It's the, the curse of being great. But also, sure, there's players like Jamal Adams who list you as one of the teams they want to go to. And maybe you'll have the benefits of some really good players that are, are willing to come win with you and, and maybe give you even a discount. So there's right. both sides of that. But you're definitely going to lose players and to sustain success. Can you say that sustained success is drafting and developing well? Because the mm-hmm. most important, the most important contract they did was they it was already done. They they signed uh, their coach, yep, in Kyle Shanahan. So if you have a coach, and brains. Co- coach quarterback is set. You've seen it with twenty years with the New England Patriots. We've seen it with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. You get that combination of coach and quarterback, and you can go for a long time. But uh, one of the keys is not. Not destroying your salary cap. So you have to draft well and you have to hit on... Can't sign everybody. Yeah, you can't sign everybody. You're going to have players... And some players are playing better. Like, there's some fool's gold there, too. And you see so many of those. Like, how many players from the Patriots went and signed big money deals elsewhere? And guess what? They're not as good. Matt Castle. Right. And it happens all the time. So... Um, you don't want to necessarily pay everybody market value what they can get on the open market because you probably can bring somebody else in and and help them get better and in a lot cheaper. So, right. um, there's a there, there's a lot to it, but drafting well, trading away the future picks makes me nervous. They've done that a couple years in a row now. 
And at some point, I think they need volume in the draft and, and really make sure you're developing uh, talent that can come in and replace it and is ready to start for the guys and, and just let them walk. And when it comes to the defensive backfield, you have Emmanuel Mosley that you developed. Uh, he's a restricted free agent, so you've got him for one more year. But if you let everybody walk, you don't have guys to come in and replace Richard Sherman and replace Akella Witherspoon and replace Kwan Williams and replace Jaquaski Tart. I mean, that's hard. So that's one of the things where the lack of draft picks eventually will hurt the 49ers if they continue to trade future picks. And um, and it was one of the missed opportunities moving down, I think, in, in round one and collecting a bunch of picks and future picks. And I think... This that next year is going to be even more difficult to keep the team together and, and keep it strong. So I think there's going to be potentially a, a talent drop on the 49ers, and they'll have to recoup that with development of talent because they're not going to be able to pay everybody and continue to pay everybody long term because uh, big money players are going to keep coming up and everybody wants the most that they can get and more power to them. But it can't always be with the 49ers. Yeah, and you, you said something scary there, too. I mean, you started listing off all the, the, the missing pieces the 49ers are going to have to replace next season or, or re-sign in, in that secondary. And you look at the draft this past year, they didn't draft anybody. Like, where's that going to come from, Brian? Yep, right. Yep, that's the oh. meteor team is those second, third rounders. They didn't have that. Right. And um, the the players that they used those picks on are gone, too. So they yeah. lost their second rounder for D Ford. I would be surprised if this isn't the last year for him on the 49ers roster. Emmanuel Sanders already walked, so that's three draft picks, second, third, fourth round that should be the meat of your roster that the 49ers won't have any of in 2021 on their roster, most likely to show for those picks. Yeah, and there were obviously moves that they did, the 49ers, to, to go to that next level and try yeah. to win a Super Bowl. And and they got there, and, you know, hopefully they get there again this year, you know, and then, it's, then it actually makes it seem like, okay, that, that was worth the, you know, mortgaging a little bit of our future there. But obviously those are some huge areas that need to be addressed here uh, for the 49ers here in the future. Yeah. And that's that's the other layer of why the Jamal Adams stuff doesn't work because a lot of people are like, right. yeah, go get it. He's a great player. Go get him. And sure, he, he is awesome. But when you need to potentially sign a left tackle, a cornerback, and a defensive end, you know, and you have the best tight end in football that still needs to be. Well, yeah, you got to pay him too. But I mean, even right. like, how do you replace them if you don't have draft picks? Because those are right. all first round needs, right? If you need the, any of those three positions, you're like, okay, well, you have to draft those in the first round. Those are important. So, uh, and if you trade away that first round draft pick, then you can't do it. And you only have one of those still as it is in a second rounder. So you can't replace everybody in the draft. You don't have enough money to replace everybody in free agency. It could get it can get rough. So yeah, draft yeah. and develop is the number one key to keeping this thing going long term. And I understand you do want to be competitive and try to win when you have your window and go for it now. So um, it's hard to do both. And the 49ers, I think, are trying to do both. And we'll see how that works out. But at some point, yeah, draft and develop. They gotta they gotta use those draft picks and and try to even um, accumulate more draft picks. Yeah, this is a big season for the 49ers. Like you said, they, they gave away a lot of picks the last couple of years, so hopefully this is the, their time to cash in. This one from Nathan, he says, Hi, Brian. Firstly, as a UK listener, your show is brilliant at keeping me informed on all 49ers news. Thank you very much, Nathan. I appreciate that. Great way to get your question onto the podcast. Me too, way. Brian. Me too. Thank you. <laughs> uh, he says, Keep up the great work. What are the chances of the team simply allowing George Kittle to play out his contract and franchise tagging him twice. Yeah, it's high. Very high, right? That's, well, that's their leverage. That's where the 49ers are like, look, yeah. George Kittle, uh, I know you want $19 million. We're not going to give you that. What we can also do is just 
make you play out your contract, which is a hell of a lot less than 19 million and even a lot less than what we would be willing to give you right now. If it was, you know, 14, 15, 16, whatever it is, the 49ers are offering George Kittle. So George Kittle loses money even versus what a low offer would be for the 49ers. If he was to play this out and those franchise tags because of what his position groups make. So, um, and if you listen to the pod and you heard what, our friend Brad Spielberger of Over the Cap said about the new CBA and how it's nearly impossible for players with only three accrued seasons to hold out. That leverage is gone from George Kittle. So there's not a lot of leverage there. There's a great argument that he's worth more than any tight end. Are you, I mean, there's every argument. He, he's worth right. more than every tight end in the NFL. Whatever that top is, he should blow off the top. But there's an argument he's worth some of the, what some of the top wide receivers in the NFL are worth. Um, sure. But can or he tackles. get tackles. I mean, come on. Right. The guy's an amazing blocker. There's no precedent to get there. Gronk didn't even get there with the Patriots. So there's no precedent for a tight end to get that. Um, and it's going to be a tough negotiation if he really wants that money. Uh, I, I, I There's just not any leverage for Kittle right now to get that. If he wants to maximize, that would be to do it. That would be the way to do it, though, is to play out this season and then hold out next year because it's a lot easier to hold out after four accrued seasons than three when he's playing on the franchise tag and then play that game of chicken next offseason he might get more money but the cap might go down and so who knows if it looks any better uh, for signing people long term next year than this year so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of question now especially with that salary cap and what we're dealing with and and how that cap's going to look most teams had planned on a salary cap that could go up between 20 and 40 million dollars and now it's going to be at best, most likely, just uh, uh, an even cap, and there's a possibility that the cap even goes down next year. So you're you're looking right. at for a team budgeting for the future, somewhere between twenty to fifty million dollars difference in what they're going to have to spend in salary. I mean, this could get really wild in the off season with nobody getting paid because nobody can afford to get the players that the other team couldn't afford to pay either, who end up free agents. So I don't know what it's going to look like. Right. It's like it, COVID's not bad enough with, you know, everything it's doing with the, with the deaths and, you know, shutting down the economy and everything. Hey, 49er fans, it also may keep us from re-signing George Kittle. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I want to get to this one real quick. We'll close with it. It's not a question. This from CNick93. He says, just want to say it's good to be a 49ers fan right now compared to my childhood when I was watching the 2005 through 2009 49ers when Alex Smith Oof. and Sean Hill were throwing to Jason Hill and aged Isaac Bruce. I had such a hard time getting into football back then. Yeah, no, there's mm-hmm. for young football fans. And look, that's how I got into football and the 49ers was those Bill Walsh teams, late eighties, early nineties, yeah. Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Steve Young. It's very easy to get into a team like that. And for a young 49ers fans, I'm sure it's a heck of a lot easier than those really lean 10 years. I mean, if you started watching football when the 49ers went through the, the Dennis Erickson era up until now, that was rough. So I don't even know how you even ended up here. See Nick 93. Right. So yeah, good on hey, you. Hey, props for sticking with it. That's impressive. Absolutely. All and right. He left and came back. Like, I get it. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I would totally understand. I would totally right. understand. Those were, t- like you said, those were tough years. Those are years when I would just turn off the TV on Sundays, like in the third quarter, be like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to put myself through this anymore. Yeah. Oh, weird. Another one hour football game. That was odd. Yeah, right. Yeah, my friend would be like, oh, are you done? Is the game over? Yeah, it's over. Uh, it's over. The clock doesn't say zero, but it's over. Right. We're done here. I'm, I've taken enough torture for today. All right. Thanks for all those questions. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Nick, thanks for joining me here as always. My pleasure, as always. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers. See ya. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. 
Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.